Hey everyone, here is our next guest episode. This one's a little different. I decided not to do a game this time because it's a bit of a somber topic for some of us. Um, but I hope it ends on a positive note. So, um, I have my friend Lakidra Lozano talking to us about the implications for COVID-19 and singing and singers. And I hope you enjoy it. Hello, hello. Hello. (laughs) How are you? Doing okay. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Trying to get through quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) One day at a time. (laughs) Right. So do you want to, we're already recording because Anchor's pretty awesome like that. Do you want to just kind of say a little bit about yourself? Your background? Sure. And then if you want the longer short version. <laughs> Whichever one you want, it's fine. We'll try to be brief. <laughs> so I'm Lakidra Lozano. I currently live in Sylvania, Ohio, which is pretty much Toledo. Um, if you're on that side of, uh, in that part of the world, it's Northwest Ohio. And uh, Sylvania, Toledo, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's like on the border of Michigan, right? It- yeah, it's it's on the border of Michigan, so yeah. Just trying to compare it to two other really small cities, but it's not working tonight. It's okay. <laughs> um, I am an educator, and I say that because I kind of do it all. I am a K pre-K through college music director, music teacher, choir director, you name it, musically I teach it. I also uh, teach music classes at two different colleges. Um, I also teach voice, um, but I also teach general education. I've taught first grade, second grade, kindergarten through fifth grade enrichment. I don't know. I've pretty much done it all. I have a bachelor's in music ed, a master's in vocal performance, a master's in education, a, I don't know, adult or a postmaster certificate in adult education and higher education. And I will be finished with my educational specialist degree in elementary education in July. Yay. Woohoo! So, that all being said, I'm also a mom of four under five, go me, or four, five, and under. <laughs> the youngest one is three months old. So, you'll hear kids in the background, you'll hear cats in the background real life people real life (laughs) that's what this is supposed to be though like my i had my friend on here as a guest before and she's like i'll edit the audio and i'm like okay you can go do that like you i get it you're in quarantine you need things to do and i'm like this is nice that she's doing this because it's like this is just kind of like this is real life kind of thing i'm not doing anything to the audio (laughs) Um, yeah i got time for all that (laughs) (laughs) i mean i could but i do it all day for work i'm in garage band all the time so i just don't want to do it anymore also it's just like let's be real this is quarantine Mm -hmm. that's how this whole thing got started in the first place Mm -hmm. so anyway yeah and then we met because we both went to braille beats and i was a student and the kid was the choir director and then I became a staff person as well. <laughs> That's pretty cool for me as a teacher. And like we have this interesting like, and she's been my voice teacher at some points. We did voice lessons over Zoom for a little bit before that was the cool thing to do. 
I might add. So, <laughs> yes. But for real, that was like two years ago. And now everybody's like, can I do voiceover Zoom? Is that a thing? And I'm like, yes, you can. Mm. So, um, yeah, we just kind of go back and forth on stuff. Um, That's fun. We have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and usually the lessons were so funny because it would be like we'd spend time singing for maybe like 10 minutes and then it would just dissolve into like, Oh my god, what's your cat doing? Oh, my cat's doing this. Oh, there's Leo. There's like your kid. There's my kid. There's my cat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And yeah. you knew me before I had kids. I did know you before you had any of your kids. All of my kids were post, well, after we, we met and everything. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. We've known each yeah. other for a little while now i knew you when you were a newlywed actually oh my god oh yeah i'm getting because the first year you were at bro beats brunhilda kept calling you guys the newlyweds yes yep it was 2011 (laughs) we we literally just got married that's funny like months months prior to bro beats so we got married in february of 2011 and bro beats was in june so yeah it wasn't it wasn't super long so yeah and she'd be walking around and go like oh well the newlyweds are gonna come up (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) i'd love to get her on here to do an an episode too i don't know if i will but um be able to get her but that'd be fun she'd be fun i'm trying to get like just all the fun people i know on here oh i'm glad i'm one of those fun people (laughs) are you kidding (laughs) we (laughs) bro beats is a gas we haven't even i haven't even mentioned anything about bro beats yet so we'll have to do that at some point but uh the main reason we, I talked about having you come on here is to talk about sort of the implications, I guess, of COVID-19 for singers. And I know, like, I'm really feeling it myself. Like, I've, I'm in a choir and, like, we can't have rehearsals. Zoom rehearsals just are not doing it for me. I'm, I'm, I struggled through that, um, as I think a lot of other people did and or are doing in some cases. And it's just like, you know, I, I think people are starting to realize how, you know, maybe we we took those musical groups and ensembles for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's going to be years before we get them back. Um, and I don't think what really struck me is there was that big call that you attended um, well. and a couple of other people I, I know attended as well, like my former voice professors in school and stuff like that. Um, I saw a couple of people on my Facebook page going there and the vocal people are doing a, an awesome job at talking amongst themselves about it. Um, but the instrumentalists are not so much. And I think that everybody just needs to kind of hear this. And um, I have some questions about being an instrumentalist too, that kind of offshoot from this, because I mean, hello, if you, if you're a wind player, you know, you're using air just like a vocalist. Maybe not in the same, like, mechanical way, but, um, you know, you're still expelling air forcefully. So I think it's something we all need to pay attention to, whether you're a vocalist or not, but especially if you're a vocalist. So um, I guess, like, if you want to just share, like, your takeaways or, like, the big things that you took from that call, your thoughts as a, a voice educator um as a performer as like an ensemble member yep um whatever order you want to go go at that sure so with me let me talk first about the call i can tell you that i wasn't on the live call i had to go back and rewatch it and it was two and a half hours long (sighs) um 
but um, I couldn't watch it because kids. Um, but mm-hmm. once I finally got to watch it, uh, the gist of it was there was a bunch of and and honestly, I don't have the transcript or anything in front of me, so I'm kind of gonna be paraphrasing what I what I've gathered. That's fine. This is like real, so and, and what I remember because it's been a minute. Um, it was depressing as heck. I'll start by saying that it was really depressing. Basically, a month they called scientists in, and you know all the organizations that sing get together. So, um, American Choir Directors Association, the Barbershop Association, uh, the National Association of Teachers of Singing, the Nats got together. Like all these organizations that sing, all got together. They all pulled their people, and you know we've got scientists, we've got we got everybody on this call. And basically, the scientists and the doctors on the call are saying that there's, right as of now, there's no safe way to sing. None. Because the droplets of air, even with the six feet, uh, singing expels more than that, and it'll travel more than that six feet distance. Um, so there was this, you know, social distancing thing. Okay, well, that's out the window. And then they said... The mask thing. They said it could work, but it has to be an N95 mask. It has to be fitted, and you can't wear it for a long time because what if you're a singer with asthma, breathing issues, da 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 da? That won't work. So then it's okay. Well, you've got people in church choir that are in that high risk category. Your church choir is pretty much gone out the window. Okay, so then the focus shifted to schools. Well, then you have elementary kids and teachers. You've got middle school, you know, you've got kids all in one room. Can you properly social distance your singers? We don't know. Social distancing doesn't work because you need the mask and all this stuff. So, and then it was sharing, uh, they talked about sharing like common things like music and hymnals. You know, think about how many times we, uh, pick up a hymnal and how many droplets are on that hymnal because we're singing into a hymnal you know think about that Mm. um or a music stand like think about how common it is just to put two people to a stand yeah just for sheer lack of supplies like having giving everyone their own stand is impractical for most organizations on a tight budget Mm -hmm. and we can't do that Right. So sharing things, sharing common things is kind of out of the questions. And then it's like, okay, well, then you have, we, we use, uh, I'm going to use a lot of church choir examples because that's where you get your mm-hmm. most risk population. So then you have the people that are older who also can't hear their part. So then you have this issue of, well, how are they going to learn their part? You can't give everybody a microphone. That's not practical. Mm-hmm. in most situations um, it's also you don't want everybody to have a microphone you know? <laughs> think about that so then it's well how will my stronger or my weaker singers learn their part they're usually standing next to somebody and they gotta be real close to somebody so woe to the person that has intonation issues that's standing six feet away from somebody that you know a stronger singer so there was that so it got really depressing really quick and there was really no uh, i guess solutions to to it you know basically right now it was just like there's no safe way to sing this is kind of why they gave us the science behind it and they offered no solutions except we'll be back in 3 months to try and reassess so for a night 
the singers got together and we're all just kind of crying. Like we all, like I did, I had my moment where I just kind of cried for a minute. And then a lot of us, because we're also music educators in like the general music classroom and things like that said, why are we the only ones questioning our existence right now as educators? Mm, Yeah. Like we, we were questioning, literally questioning our existence. So the very next day, I'm, I'm telling you, this is how it worked. The very next day, we all cried. Literally, we cried for that night. We, we took that evening and we all grieved. We all mourned. The next day, that was all floating around. And there's still a whole bunch of doomsday articles about choir, as I'm calling them, floating around. And somebody said, you know what? Instead of us crying about it, why don't we all get together as a collective and do something? Let's come up with contingency plans for everything, for any situations. Let's figure out how to do this online, offline, in class, out of class. What are we going to do? What We need to come up with solutions. So now, instead of me wallowing in my own self-pity, with, along with all the rest of the voice people in the world, um, I, I'm part of the collective of what can we do? How can we make this work? How can we actually keep singing? And... I guess that's what I want to talk about more than um, what are some of the implications because, heck, I'm still singing. I don't know about you, but I'm still singing. Um, Also, we said, if there's going to be any type of sports, I don't care how they do sports without, without, um, you know, whether it be without audiences or anything, um, I'm singing. I don't really care. I don't care how Yes. I've wondered about that because, like, Okay, so you don't have the audience, but those players are still within six feet of each other. Right. There's no way they can't be. So, you know, why, again, why can't we do something with choir or band or orchestra? And And we're talking about, you know, music educators get together. So we're talking about the general music teachers, the band directors, like we are talking. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if organizations and bands specifically have gotten together, but I know music educators were all like, holy crap, what are we doing now? How do we make this work? And um, so we've all got together and there's been a lot of really wonderful ideas. I was just on a call the other day. Um, with a bunch of choir directors, music, and we we represented everything from college choir directors all the way down to elementary, all the way down to like children's community choir, things like that. So we represented a very wide variety, and it was such a positive call. And all it was was a brainstorming session. We all were just like, what the heck can we do? And, you know, uh, we don't even know what the future of schools hold right now. Like, we don't know if we're going back in the fall. We don't know if we're going back remotely. We don't know if we're going, you know, we don't know. And um, as a mom, I'm not sure what I'm personally doing with my own kids. I'm a teacher. I'm a mom. I don't know what I'm doing with my own kids. I have two, um, all of my kids were preemies. And I have two, uh, my boys, my, my two youngest are my boys. Both of them have respiratory issues. So, uh, you know, daycare, school, all of that. It didn't matter what went on and what was inside daycare. All my kids had to do was look at somebody and they're, they're sick. You know, my, my, my little guy, Leo, uh, literally the guy gets bronchiolitis. Like it's nobody's business. It's like, it's his job. And (laughs) yeah, he always has that little cough and I feel so bad for the kid. 
So all he has to do is look at somebody in a daycare setting and he's in an infant room. So think about babies and he's got bronchiolitis or something crazy, something respiratory. So with COVID going around, I don't care if it's the flu, COVID or common, anything going around. Um, you know, my kids are sick and I'm like, so with this new COVID thing and I don't really know, you know, no one really knows anything about it. I'm debating on whether or not my kids are going back to school right now until Mm -hmm. we get something figured out. And then, you know, it's a matter of, do I want my kids to have yet another vaccine? I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but do I really want my kids to have a vaccine that's brand new? You know what I mean? Just because you Um, don't know how it's going to pan out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, It'd be one thing if we had more data on it, but I mean, we're doing this on the fly, which is its own problem. Which is, you know, and I, and you know what, and I, and I can't imagine being any leader right now in the world, any leader, you know, no matter how I feel about politics and whatever, I can't imagine what all of these leaders are going through from, you know, the president down. I I can't imagine. I I don't want to be in their shoes right now. I know as a mom, Mm -hmm. as a parent, as a teacher, we're trying to all figure this out. I can't imagine what like the leader of all these countries are are doing, you know. Um, But in the meantime, I come up with solutions. So some of those I can I can speak to some of the solutions that I've personally come up with. Um, Once they lift the restrictions, excuse me, on gatherings. Um. You need to get into a space where you can safely social distance your singers. Okay. Um, that being said, my school choir, I have, I, I work at a very small Christian school where our population is about 35 kids if we're full and we're never full. My high school group, my top group has anywhere from five to 12 or five to 15 singers in it. Um, my largest group has been 13 singers. Uh, this year, I have eight. So once they lift the restrictions on how many people can gather, so if we get a group of 50, that's cool. We can get a group of 50 in a room. It's properly social distance. That's cool. Um, I can properly rehearse my choir because the choir doesn't always have to be this tight formation. Yes, you can hear better, all that fun stuff, but it doesn't always have to be super tight. So you can spread out and social distance that way, right? Mm -hmm. You also might want to rethink your larger ensembles. That might not be a possibility. So community choirs, uh, if you're out, community choirs, if you're out there, you might consider breaking up your choir into smaller chamber groups. So maybe a chamber group of 30, you know, 30 singers instead of all like you know or 40 singers if you can gather you know less than 50 you know um maybe rethink that maybe rethink your numbers a little bit and see how you can make it work now let's talk about audiences because we weren't we didn't have that data either you know how are we going to keep the audience protected obviously if you're going to sit in a concert you don't want to wear a mask for two and a half hours you know (laughs) that's not practical right so how do you social distance your audience how do you make you know, how do you uh, perform for an audience that maybe isn't there or maybe, you know, maybe you rely on donation stuff. How do you make that work? Well, again, use what you have at your your disposal. So use technology. Maybe maybe you don't have a huge audience and maybe you broadcast it on Zoom, you know, or broadcast it on Facebook Live or something or have a an event where 
only you can get on Facebook Live. You know, I know they have closed groups on Facebook. Um, make them live and maybe you pay, you know, an admission price to keep your choirs running and, you know, get on Facebook Live and you have access to that concert. I don't know. You know, just think of, di you know, different ways. Um, I know that a lot of us music educators were talking about um, not making our choir so performance-based right now. Uh, and making it, yes, performing is a part of it, but focusing on the things that we can't focus on because we're always focused on the performance. Focus on teaching music theory. Focus on working and sharpening those sight singing skills. You know, focus on that. Focus on solo repertoire. Focus on, again, chamber music repertoire and the history behind it. You know, so all of those things, you know, we just we're trying now to think outside of the box. And yes, it seems like we're flying by the seat of our pants and we are, you know, but we're all in it together. And, you know, um, somebody said musicians are the most creative people I've ever met. So they're, you know, you, you, they're like, you can't tell me if there's going to be sports of any kind, we're going to sing. If there's going to be sports in Texas, we're going to sing, you know, <laughs> there's gonna be sports in Ohio, we're going to sing. So and, and, you know, and I, and I laughed at this and I said, I was talking to my dad and I said, dad, um, I said, I was, you know, this quarantine stuff is starting to get to me. I said, I was cool in the wintertime when they took everything away. I was kind of cool in the spring when they took everything away, you know, thinking, yeah, you know, <laughs> we're, we're going to stay everything. I said, but now I'm a sport, I'm a football fan. It's cutting into my football season now. <laughs> I said, they got to figure this out because I'm going to go crazy without my fall sports, you know? Mm -hmm. And I said, and I said, I know that the NBA and everything, you know, everybody's trying to work things out. I said, but I'm going to go crazy without my football. You know? <laughs> and my dad said, you know, they're opening up salons and everything else. And if the women are going to go out and get their hair done, what are the fellows going to do? Somebody's going <laughs> to, <laughs> the fellows are going to revolt and riot because they need some sports. Well, I thought it was funny that they first, they first canceled baseball and then they saw how depressed people got and how baseball's coming back. So, I think football, it might just take a little bit more time because it seems further away than baseball, but mm -hmm. I think football will have something happen. Um, yeah, I've been worried too because, and I'm, I'm glad that the music educators are working on this because music therapists have not, like, I think here and there, like, some of us have been like, this is a real problem. I think they're so consumed as a whole with just doing the telehealth, um, especially our older folks that have not already been using zoom and things like that um that's been a big learning curve so like you know a lot of people my age i see questioning like how you know we're being told that we get i'm going back to work maybe as soon as june one and i'm like i can't sing with these guys i'm worried about how i'm supposed to like physically assist people that like can't you know walk with a steady gait and i'm like you want me to sing with them i can't sing with them like my my office is physically not big enough like I don't even think we have six feet of distance between us in my office so mm -hmm. I'm just like oh my gosh and we're like we're being smart about it like we're trying to do sessions outside which is mm -hmm. you know good for everybody's mental health anyway mm -hmm. um, it only really works in good weather because that was also um, a, a um, suggestion we'll have choir outside yeah. we can do that and <laughs> we've done it at Braille Beats oh yeah it, I mean it was about to be a tradition people liked it so much mm -hmm. um when we took choir outside and it was a total fluke too 
that it happened that way. I don't know what happened. I forget what happened that year. There was a situation (laughs) and we couldn't get into the the lodge during rehearsal time. And we wait. Yeah, we waited after dinner and like we cut into rehearsal time to try to wait and see if it would resolve. And then you were just like, all right, we're going outside. (laughs) And I I just remember standing in a tight circle. I remember having you guys face outwards because um, Mm -hmm. for those listening, Katie also um, as a as a student, she sang in my choir. But often at uh, Braille Beats, the staff joins my choir and I greatly appreciate it. greatly appreciate the staff singing like usually I would have 75 percent of the staff participating in my choir Mm -hmm. everybody pretty much everyone sang especially like the last few years everybody has sang with me or for me and it's been wonderful um they've all accepted my craziness and my passion for choir (laughs) and singing in general but um you know I remember having you guys spread out I remember having you guys spread out Mm-hmm. Um, and face outward and things like that. Mm-hmm. Sing with the wind behind you. Sing with the wind in front of you. Just sing, you know. Shout out to the, you know, I remember going down there. Um, the lodge was kind of up a hill. So I went down to the bottom of the hill and said, sing. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. And we still, so we have this, we have this story that it was, I mean, I was there for the story when it happened first off, but it's perpetuated so we have a friend, he goes by a different name now, but um, back in the day, she was trying to teach us how to be healthy when we project. And <laughs> so she made up this scenario that our friend Justin was standing at the t- top of the Empire State Building. Okay, I and we were make, on the- okay uh, uh, let me give credit where credit is due really quick. Oh, I did okay. not make up this lesson. So um, this lesson came, I, I stole it from my voice teacher who stole it from my graduate voice teacher who probably stole it from somebody else. But we got this from, um, his name was Dr. Larry Stickler. He did it in a... Um, he did it in a in a workshop, and then, then I think my yeah my voice teacher who attended that workshop picked it up, taught it to us, and I taught it to you guys, and then Got somehow it. we ended up intermingling because again I had the same teacher for grad school, um, so it was fun. So I stole it from my voice teachers, uh, Linda Cowan and Larry Stickler. I don't know where they got it from, but I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> So, yes, good. Thanks for clarifying that. Yep. Um, so she was saying, you know, Justin's at the top of the Empire State Building and you're you're on the ground, all those stories below, and he's about to jump. And you have to have to project all the way up there through the wind and everything to tell him, Justin, please don't jump. And you need to have clear enunciation. But you cannot yell because if you yell, it won't go far enough and it won't be clear enough and he won't understand and bad things will happen. Yeah. Trigger warning. Yeah, we're not going to go there. So I said, um, well, that was I said, you can't you can't be super quiet because he's never going to hear you and he's going to jump anyway. You can't scream it because you're going to scare him. (laughs) You know, so you have to be very, very. um, Oh, uh, clear with your words and enunciate and project use the diaphragm use everything that you can to convince him not to jump <laughs> yeah and we've used that to great success yeah uh Burl beats 
year after year after year, it always keeps coming back. Usually because people scream during the morning wake-up call, but that's another story for a different day. So, um, anyway, we've used that, and... Um, my kids... It's been really... My kids are playing... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, my girls are playing the recorder. Um, <laughs> and I'm a music teacher. They're just blowing into the instrument, and it's... <laughs> hey, they're learning. I mean, for for their age, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, we've, we've done that, and, like, just thinking of things like doing that, you can still work on projection, I guess, through telehealth, um... But yeah, so like where I was going is like, I'm like, oh, holy crap. What do I do with these clients? Like if I play, they're going to want me to sing or they're going to sing. And we're already going to have issues with the masks. I don't own an N95. I can't get an N95. Um, even if I did, I wouldn't be able to get the filters to sing every day. Um, and they wouldn't be able to. Um, on the, the telehealth side of things. I'm singing a lot over Zoom and over the phone. Um, and when you're with two people, it doesn't matter if there's a delay. As long as they're, you can ignore the, the lag and they're getting the benefit, it doesn't matter. Um, we're also trying to plan like celebrations of life. So that's kind of a new project that I'm working on with one of my other coworkers. Because oh. um, we've, we've actually had some clients pass away during the quarantine. And it happens every once in a while, like, it's just the nature of where I work. Like we have clients that get older and just pass away of natural causes. We have people with complex medical situations. Um, and so like my facility has been awesome at like coming up with its own plan to phase people back in. But like, that's a big thing. And trying to think of like communal singing is such a big role, even in that. Mm -hmm. So like, we've had to plan, like if we do this live, you know, we'll have to like place chairs and like have people just go sit in a chair. And if there's no more chairs, then we'll have to rotate people through. Mm -hmm. But like, we cannot exceed a certain number. We're trying to keep it to like 10 spectators and then the therapists mm -hmm. that are facilitating. And then the music therapist that's going to be singing is going to be way far away, like something like 30, 35 feet away from everybody else. Um, and then they're all going to have to be spaced something. I think the recommendation I've been seeing is like 15 feet apart mm -hmm. if you're singing. Mm -hmm. um, and it would have to be outside. So there's inclement weather. Then it's, it's, we do have a covered awning. It wouldn't be big enough for all those people though. Um, but if it's inclement weather, it would probably be out or have to be rescheduled. So um, people are definitely getting creative. I just am worried about, I think some of us are so consumed with the telehealth or the teleeducation that we're not thinking a step ahead like we need to be, especially now that states are starting to say we are opening up in certain things. And and I think, too, that you also need to have a hybrid model. You know, you don't mm -hmm. have to you don't have to necessarily go, OK, well, I'm opening or my building's opening and I have to do everything live. You don't. You don't. Because I know that me. I'm probably not going to because I'm not going to risk, again, coming home with it, bringing it back to my husband, who did have a mild case of COVID. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. He had a very mild case. Um, actually, he didn't even get tested. He was just kind of presumed positive, and we quarantined and isolated, um, and he was good. But, you know, I'm not going to risk bringing that back home. 
to people, you know, or to my, or to your students or to my students or to myself. You know, I'm also in that high risk Mm -hmm. category with all of my medical issues that I've got going on, you know, so I'm not risking all that. So that being said, you know, people need to really, you got to start thinking outside the box. And I, and I know that it's uncomfortable for people, but you know, really get creative. And if you can't get creative, get with somebody that you know, that's creative and get, okay, help me figure this out. You know, Mm -hmm. like, um, I'm trying to figure out how to run, um, just get a couple of regular general music classes. And as a hybrid model, like they're talking about schools only being two days a week and all this other fun stuff. And I'm like, you know, for a music teacher, that'd be awesome, you know, because I'm not going to focus on getting a performance ready. That's not my end goal anymore right now. And I said, I know that community choir and choir and ensembles are very performance based and, and, you know, nothing beats nothing beats that however there's so much you can do especially as an Mm -hmm. educator in an ensemble so band choir whatever um that you can do and you can teach um rethink your performances why does every performance have to have a hundred and some people you know i'm thinking of the elementary music teachers who struggle to get parents in anyway why don't you Mm -hmm. record your kids performing Upload it to, you know, stream it live or whatever. Get get your right permissions and do it. YouTube live. will be your best friend. You know, YouTube. And if you need it private, do the unlisted setting for privacy. Right. You know, there's so much you can do in terms of that if you want the kids to have a performance experience. Also, why are the kids performing in front of a giant flipping audience anyway? Okay, let's let's talk about that for a second. Sorry, I'm going to get on my soapbox (laughs) for a minute. You know, some of these kids, I'm talking little kids, okay, and even my high schoolers are like, why am I performing in front of a thousand people? You know, like, is that really necessary? Yes, we want the kids to have that experience and get the mass applause and be recognized for what they did, but you can do that in so many ways. So maybe limit your performances. And it's going to suck if you're looking for money. It's definitely going to suck. Not going to lie. Got to figure that out, too. But you got to figure out something. Again, if you want your kids to have a quote-unquote performance experience. Community choirs. You, too. You guys rely on money. You know, you rely on donations. You rely on those performances. And you only get one or two a year. Maybe. Um, My best friend is a community choir director. He hasn't, he has yet to make a decision about his fall season, but he said, he's like, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do, you know? And again, community choir directors think it might want to rethink your choir numbers. Um, And again, that population is very high risk. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to be, you've got to have some discernment there. Um, Also the people singing, the people attending, whatever, you know, Everybody's saying, you know, about these states trying to open up, oh, it's an infringement on my rights that we don't get to do X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, whatever happened to free will? (laughs) You know, you do have the free will to say, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to have my, I'm going to have common sense. I'm going to use my common sense and I'm going to go out and I'm going to, you know, go to the mall or whatever. And I'm going to use my common sense. I'm going to follow the guidelines and I'm going to use my common sense. I'm not going to stay within my house. You also have the free will to say, I'm not going anywhere until all this is said and done. So, sorry, kid. Yeah. 
and both. Well, and <laughs> sorry. Another thing that I've so we talked about the very young, um, and we've talked about the very old. But what about? I've wondered too about the the students that are majoring in music. I know when I was a student at UD, so much of my scholarship money was tied to being in certain groups. Um, like I I had to be in like the um, symphonic wind ensemble and then choral union and then like clarinet choir or something um i had like three groups every semester um and especially like choral students um you know what is do you know what's going on in like the higher ed world like you know in the um the higher ed world um they're they're having success with zoom uh zoom rehearsal and they have very specific roles and very specific things that everybody is doing. Um, at least uh, some of the people that I've talked to. Um, they are having uh, YouTube juries, which have been very interesting. I've seen some of the recitals too um, on YouTube. Too. I've seen a lot of the recitals on YouTube. I've seen juries on YouTube. Um, so they're getting creative that way. I know that my voice teacher is teaching via Zoom. Um, you can't hear them. You, you, there's a big, huge lag um, thing, but you can't hear them sing. They can't really hear you play. So they're getting super creative, but I know they're making it work. As far as ensembles, I know that um, they're having more success probably because they have the manpower and the people to do it. They're having a lot more success with them. Um, virtual choir um virtual mm-hmm. choir thing however um i did hear from one of my choir directors and he said that you know i don't ever get to hear my students by themselves so now with me listening going over you know and listening to their recordings basically what's happening is they're picking a section of a song to go over uh so say you know today's rehearsal plan we're going to go over measures 1 through 15 in this song and maybe measures two through I don't know 10 in this one you know so they'll go in rehearsal and they'll rehearse those measures and you know pick out all the parts make up make sure the score is marked up and everything and you can do that with zooms uh, screen sharing and everything and then what happens is you know you submit your part to your director you know as you go and they you know then convert it all into a virtual choir but the director then listens to like you know i don't know 20 altos sing this part where in turn you know 20 sopranos sing this part etc right and then in turn he can go make rehearsal notes and at the next rehearsal he can go okay this is a section that everybody struggled with or the alto struggled with here the bass struggled with here let's work on these specific parts while we're all here and then you know go from there so they're not doing actual singing during rehearsals they're getting their notes they're marking up their scores they're getting you know breath mm-hmm. thing, you know they're getting all of the other information that they need but the actual singing is done independently mm-hmm. um whenever they can you know wherever they can go um that being said you know that doesn't really work necessarily in the high school world it doesn't necessarily work all the time in the higher ed world depending on your situation but i know that if you're a music major you're you're somewhere making it work because you know we still had christmas break and easter break where we weren't on campus you know for the majority of us i should say we're not on campus so you know we had to find somewhere to practice and i know that um you know 
during summer breaks and different breaks like that, we didn't lose all of that just because we were off campus. So I know that you can find a place to sing, even if it's the bathroom. I know I do a lot of my stuff in my bathroom. (laughs) I recorded in the bathroom earlier in quarantine. I had to get something done and um, the walls in my parents' house are very thin. So I went back in their bathroom and I had some lovely reverb that was not just naturally there well mine is you know i i'm I'm hiding from kids and i have a cat that opens the door um so i was just worried too about like the financial aid aspect like Mm -hmm. you know because you can't penalize these kids for you know Mm -hmm. you can't give them a scholarship package in february when you tell them they pass their audition and say you know we're gonna give you four thousand dollars a year but you have to do all these things Mm -hmm. And then now they can't be in these things. Like you can't take the scholarships away right. when it's not un- in their power to do what you've asked them to do. I, I that's, believe, that's what my concern is. I believe they're getting creative. I don't, I haven't heard of any higher education institution mm-hmm. uh, and music department taking away. I just heard, you know, I, like I said, I just think everyone now is being uh, ridiculously creative, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great thing it's really um makes my soul happy um I, I'm glad to be a part of that <laughs> um be a part of that creativity um because that's how my brain works it's it's just fun I like coming up with out-of-the-box crazy things to do well you were with me as a student at Girl Beach you know how crazy I can get um so this is kind of all you know like oh yeah well we can do this we got this we got this and we do this is going to be okay singing will happen like there's been these like i said doomsday articles that say oh you know it's going to take a while to come back to singing blah 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 blah. like i said i don't know about you but i'm still singing uh i'm still singing till this day you know voice people have come up with creative things i have one of my colleagues has uh um you've heard of the 24 songs uh, italian songs and arias mm-hmm. yep so she is doing 24 songs in 24 days so she is accompanying oh my gosh accompanying herself going through the whole yellow book and this is the older version of that book now it's 26 and i believe there's 28 but there's a yellow book called 24 songs and our italian songs and arias she's doing 24 songs in 24 days she's going through the entire book singing all of these arias and, God, oh, uh-huh. and, <laughs> and accompanying her um <laughs> That one always just comes to mind when I think of the, the yellow book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Caro for days. Caro for days. Yeah. <laughs> it's another it's another whole podcast. <laughs> it is it was good for my voice, though. I will say I had a very smart voice teacher in Cleveland that did put that song to good use. Um yeah, it was it's interesting to think, and I'm just like hoping to god that like we start considering this in music therapy because i think i think i i don't know if you saw that post i put out on my facebook page or not but i'm like hello the vocal people are having all these real conversations and they're hard but they're real and i think instrumentalists need to also be considering it and um, music therapists need to because i don't feel like it's ethical um for me to sing and that's the one thing i'm coming up with now too the thing i'm trying to be creative with is how to nicely and kindly tell clients that may not always understand and young children, you can't sing right now without squashing that for them. And see, um, and, and that's a big thing. Honestly, though, like 
can they not sing? Like, can we figure out a way for these people that need to sing to sing? You know, maybe I'm turning my back for 20 seconds. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe I'm turning yeah. them back. Maybe I'm getting as far away from them as I possibly can, but I'm letting them sing. You know, I, I, yeah. You know, because I like my daughter, for instance. I, there is no way in this world that I'm going to tell my four and five year old that y'all can't sing. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm, I'm thinking of like at work, like we have people that would just and like they they love singing so much. I'm thinking, like, you know, they'll see you and start going, can I hear this song? Can I hear this one? And they'll just start singing it. And, like, it's not necessarily that they can't sing, but it's, like, you know, how do we say, hey, stop for a second and do this, you know? Or stop for a second, back up about, you know, six, seven steps. Yep. Uh, and, and then sing. And that's what I, you know, I, I, I can't speak for all populations, but I, I can definitely speak for young kids. Um there's a lot of social stories about COVID on, so I mm-hmm. don't know if you guys use them in music. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. So, I, um, and I have those resources if you want them, but there's a few social stories about COVID, and, you know, I know that people have come up with their own and things like that, but um, so, you know, for little kids that don't necessarily, like, change, you know, be like, you know what, we're going to try something new today, and I know that you might not it's going to be different and it's going to be weird, but we're going to try this. You're going to stand all the way over here and I'm going to stand all the way over there, whatever over there and over here means. You're just, you know? practiced in Tiffany. It's just in Tiffany. That's all. Uh-huh. Ex- I mean, really, <laughs> really. And, you know, and if they ask, well, can you move a little bit closer? Um, No, we're just going to practice it this way for a little while. And, and then, you know, you, maybe you change up the venue, but maybe it's still antiphonal. You know, maybe you uh go somewhere else the next time so that it's not oh you make me stand in the spot all the time you know know. even if you just say altos altos and sopranos go to the right side of the room today instead of the left and then tenors and basses you switch too and and um sectionals is another really good thing that somebody had um Mm -hmm. uh, um brought up they said um you know not bringing all of your sections together at once it's a logistical nightmare and probably a lot more work for us as directors but you know making it work that way um and then somebody said you know well we don't know how to get everybody together well again you might want to rethink your term and your definition of audience how big do you want it how small do you want it how much can you get away with without you know i'm thinking of community choir directors really losing money um instrumentalist i haven't figured out the whole horn thing and the spit valve and all that so i haven't figured that out don't know how the implications of that because i don't have the science or anything about it instrumentalists are really not talking about uh concert mm-hmm. band and you know violinist i'm like oh violinist orchestras are pretty good you know <laughs> at least cheap. orchestras and orchestras and pianists they're fine and percussionists yeah, right so you know good so uh, again you know maybe we make it work something like the you know what i mean horn player i'm doing lots of percussion right now yeah yeah maybe lots of it maybe we make that work somehow you know um and and uh, sorry horn players i i I have much love and respect for you i just don't have data out to speak for it yet you know i'm sure it's oh i don't either Uh, that's what i was saying like we need to get on you know the vocal people are on top of it we need to get something from i don't know um 
music for all or bands of america should be doing something Mm -hmm. um music federation Mm -hmm. um federation music clubs um i don't know the um national association of music education Uh, they are Um, so um they're doing um they're doing something national association for music ed that uh were there's a lot of things going on there uh again i just haven't heard band i know that again specifically singing and and it started out with the article hi rio um real life guys real life i hope nobody edits it <laughs> because it is real life i have four kids oh no i'm not editing it. i'm not um so you'll hear kids and cats and her kids are adorable, though. Paw Patrol so. and Peppa Pig in the background. Um, and maybe Bo. We'll see. <laughs> it's Bo! Bo is my cat, who opens bathroom doors. <laughs> um, <laughs> real life, but quarantine life. Um, I'm, Where's Bo go? Bo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my kids have some great one-liners. But, um... <laughs> yeah, so, who knows? Uh, so band people, if you're out there, if you're listening, you know, um, get on it. I mean, somebody I've been doing it. a lot of, yeah, I've been doing a lot of vocal stuff lately on here, but I'm a clarinetist, so you're like somebody. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of do it all: piano, guitar, yeah. strings. But yeah, and that's the other thing is I'm starting an intern, and I'm like, oh my god, like thank god she's a pianist and a violinist (laughs) but but she also wants to work on voice like that's one thing she told me like i want to become more confident in my singing and i was like great i can help you with that and i'm like oh but you how do i help you you can't and again for my for people that have to see me live and it's not many um, I'm doing my voice lessons via Zoom right now. Um, I have a lot of independent singers. And guys, if you hate Zoom, if you hate technology that much, call somebody on the phone. Okay, it doesn't have to be this flipping complicated. If you are an older singer or an older person that just can't stand Zoom, you don't know what it is, Google Meet scares you, things like that, call your teacher on the phone. We can do just put put them on speak. We can put y'all on speaker and and work just as well. FaceTime works great if you can FaceTime. That's like a good way to get the best of both worlds. Like get the video, but avoid Zoom. Right, you know, or Duo if you have any Android. Duo does the same thing. Right, you know. So it, all of that, you know, you have to deal with lag. I don't think though, and maybe we'll have to try this out, Katie, one day. I don't think you get a whole bunch of lag if you just call me and we put each other on speaker. There's a little bit of lag. I'm doing some sessions over the phone. But, I mean, again, that, that's kind of a teacher thing or, um, or an instructor or a therapist thing. It's, it's the instructor's responsibility to um, be able to see what's going on while ignoring the little beat or two of lag. Right. And I don't – I think you can do it. I mean, we've done Zoom sessions, so we're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. But – I mean, I've noticed with my client that I do that over the phone with, usually he's got a guitar, I've got a guitar, we're both singing, and he's just, you know, maybe two, three seconds behind. It's very slight, Um, but I can hear when he's saying the right, I'm mainly looking for, is he saying the right words, Mm -hmm. Um, and in his case. And I can tell, even if I'm singing, you know, and I'm still keeping going, I can usually tell if he's like doing his thing where he's just kind of singing whatever syllable or if it, it's the actual word, I can still kind of focus on both. 
And, and I think that's a good skill that some will need to develop. But I think that a lot of music teachers or music therapists already are used to being that attentive. And, you know, we know our material well enough that we can keep going that, while focusing on other people. And we know what we need to hear. So, like, I can mm-hmm. tell you without looking at you that your posture is horrible. You know, it, it's the advantage <laughs> or disadvantage of being a blind singer. Not you particularly. You're not you. <laughs> but, you know. I was about to say, well, like, I'm stuck on an air mattress. I'm not being supported very well right now. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, no. As, as a, I'm sitting on an air mattress. I'm, I am, like, trying to sit up straight, but it's not working. I'm laying down, so you're good. <laughs> but yeah, it, like, for real, in the middle of choir, she goes, posture. Again, it's a thing. It's a, it's a whole other podcast about my craziness. But uh... We just need a Braille Beats podcast, like, I don't know how we'll tie that into social distancing, but Braille Beats After Dark live should happen. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, like, it's just, uh, uh. Braille Beats is just its own. It, it's its own. It's its, its own it's thing. It's its own thing. And, you know, um, there's no <laughs> alcohol involved. And we, no, there's no alcohol involved. It's just a very, we don't need it though. It, we yeah, don't need it. it. It's just very long days. And, by certain points we're just i don't know day two we were done by day five yeah. by day five we were still up and we were just done when the students go to bed though that's when like we get all slap happy together and it's really funny we stay up way too late for any of our own good um <laughs> and i don't know how i got the name braille beats i mean it literally was dark outside so i think it was like a totally innocent thing but no it got dubbed i think someone said something inappropriate and we're like whoa 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 there's no kids and then it just it stuck braille beats after dark <laughs> and i think i think either oh that is right yeah i think someone it, it was an inappropriate comment and one of us, it was either you or me, and I'm like, oh, oh. I was like, this is what happens. Robbie's after dark. All right. <laughs> and it just stuck. And so, like, yeah, there's no alcohol involved. We might have like pop or something, but Maybe. we're just all, we don't even need it. No, we don't even need it. We're just so slap happy by that point. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but social distancing and singing. Uh, if you're listening, I'm still singing. I don't know about you. Katie's probably still singing. Yeah. I'm still singing better than ever been. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So we're still singing. Mm-hmm.